0: February 19, 2021, this is The Better Life. I'm your host, Timothy Lawson. Living a better life means, uh, I guess, resorting to playing stadium dice uh, when you can't make it to the actual dice table. Look, uh, I'm not saying that it's great, uh, but it does scratch the itch a bit. Just a bit. Uh, Met a friend over at MGM National Harbor, played some stadium dice, uh, this uh, particular stadium dice uh, stadium setup has the craps tub uh, that someone actually throws dice in and then they, you know they put in the uh, result of the dice into the uh, into the computer and um, you know I, I wasn't sure how they selected shooters for this. I thought that maybe like in, like it like maybe popped up on a screen or something like that. no the guy running the game, the manager running the game actually like goes up to people and says hey it's your turn to uh, to roll if you'd like. Uh, I never got the opportunity, nor do I think I would take it. Um, uh, there's something about throwing dice with really no fair fanfare that I think I I just don't know if I'd really care for it. But uh, boy, there's no there's no easier way to get in a guilt-free don't session than playing at Stadium Gaming. I mean, you can simply, you can almost clap at a seven, and people don't know any different, right? Because there's uh there's like three other games going on at the same terminal, right? For all they know, you're uh, you, you just hit your roulette spin, but. Um, it's okay. It, it was an, it did scratch the itch a bit. Uh, I definitely got bored of it quickly. Even with a friend next to me, it was difficult to, I'm going to say difficult. Even with a friend next to me, there was definitely a ceiling to the fun and the, my interest in the game kind of petered out a little bit. Fortunately, it was a good session for me. Uh, tripled my money solely on a dote session. It was pretty great. Um, but as I was walking around MGM National Harbor, I passed by uh, Blossom, which is a little lounge they have right there in the middle of the property. And as where they hold the blackjack tournaments uh, that I used to frequent. Oh, oh I'll, oh man, all, all the memories started coming. I had flashbacks to have hands that I messed up and... <laughs> And, and the excitement of a blackjack tournament, man, I uh, I really hope that those come back uh, sooner than later after uh, when things uh, get back to whatever sort of normal we're trying to get back to. But uh, yeah, it was a nice little time at MGM National Harbor. Um, you know, we were there to play, and then we were done playing. We like left the casino floor, right? So I'm um, trying to limit exposure as we can. But um, yeah, MGM National Harbor did a pretty good job with protocols and stuff like that. It was a nice environment. Okay. uh, It's that time of the month again when Mark Duvall from You Can Bet On That joins me to talk about gambling references in TV or movies. Uh, Mark took the lead on this one. We end up talking about the show Cheers. We focus on four episodes that are uh, gambling themed, right? So this, uh, this isn't a uh, you know, like with like the Rick and Morty episodes and some Office episodes, right? I was sort of like finding little like, okay, there's a small gambling reference there. Ooh, that's a betting reference. I like almost like time stamping in this episode. These are four episodes where sort of the, the, the entire entirety of the episode uh, is focused on gambling. So Mark's gonna bring us through uh, that conversation, and uh, yeah, I'll um, I'll uh, I'll see you when that's done. Enjoy. So we watched the show cheers. I have no I have no discussion question for you this time. Um, okay, I thought, yeah, I
1: wondered about that. I didn't see anything from you up yeah, front. So.
0: I thought of one a couple times and then I was like and then I thought I better know how I'm gonna answer this question before I
1: ask Mark to answer this question.
0: Yeah. It's a good question. I just want to make sure that I know what my response is before I ask you to come up with a response because Okay. Uh so, yeah.
1: so next time maybe is that what you're thinking? Or are mm-hmm. you gonna
0: Well I'm yes, next time.
1: Okay, we'll do that
0: next time. So we'll just get into uh, the show Cheers uh, here. Um, I'm gonna let you take the lead on this since uh, you're much more familiar with this program. Um, It was interesting watching. um, It was interesting watching this show as someone who had never really seen the show before. And did, did I had no filler between episodes, right? I watched You're the right. four episodes you sent, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, here's Woody Harrelson. He's now on the show. Okay. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, but let me tell you, after you know, I watched the four, I would say by t- well, as I was watching the third one, I realized I'm gonna go back and watch this series. Like this is like it, it is such a pleasant viewing experience. Um, and I appreciate the simplicity of the bar setting uh yes. so much. Um, as a D&D player, where like every opening adventure starts at a bar, I very much appreciate the simple <laughs> bars, the uh, bar setting where anything, uh, anything can take place. So uh,
1: I'll let you take the lead on this. Okay. So, yeah, Cheers premiered in 1982. It ended up going for 11 seasons, became certainly one of the most popular sitcoms of all time, uh, revered critically as one of the best sitcoms of all time. I certainly would put it in my top five. And sort of ironically, when it premiered, it was it got terrible ratings initially. It's the kind of show that had it been released today, it easily would have been canceled very early on. Well, but a- um, it was getting a lot of buzz. It was getting Emmy buzz, uh, critical buzz. And uh, Brandon Tartikoff, who was uh, NBC's president of uh, entertainment at that time, loved the show. And so he fought for it and kept it going. And, you know, eventually uh, it, it just became a huge hit. And I think a big chunk is the writing and the cast, both. The writing is great and the cast is great. And it's been a while since I've watched some of these episodes. And I, I, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, Ted Danson is so good. Shelley Long is so good. And um, in the first five seasons, uh, most of the show, the overall arc of the show kind of followed the on-again, off-again romance between Ted Danson, who played Sam Malone, the owner of the bar, an ex-alcoholic. Right. And um, Diane Chambers, played by Shelley Long, who was sort of uh, an inadvertent waitress at the bar. If you watch the first episode, she this job is kind of thrust upon her. It's like she has no other choice but to take this job at the bar. And she's she's sort of the fish out of water there because everybody else is... You know, very bar oriented and kind of guy oriented and, you know, sports. Sam's an ex uh, baseball player. And she's very prim and very intelligent and, and, you know, kind of book smart. So uh, that was kind of the premise for the show. And that drove it for a while. And then uh, after the fifth season, Shelly Long wanted to pursue a, a movie career. So she left the show. And the feeling was, oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? I mean, Sam and Diane, that was the whole show. But they brought in, um, Kirstie Alley to play a new character, Rebecca Howe. And Kirstie Alley at that point was known uh, primarily as having played Lieutenant Savick, the Vulcan, in um, Wrath of Khan, the second Star Trek movie. But she came on. When she did, people were afraid that the series was going to jump the shark. And in fact, that first season without Shelley Long is is easily the weakest season of the entire series. But Cheers, they kind of found another voice that got maybe a little wackier, But I'll tell you, by the time the show ended, some of the episodes were the funniest that they had ever produced. So I think that's one of the reasons it had so much staying power sort of ironically is because Shelley Long left, you know, and they were able to kind of shift gears. And it wasn't just the romance between Sam and Diane um, going forward.
0: It's really it's really important in the in, you know sitcoms and tv shows with longevity to be able to refocus or rewrite the the hook of the show right and um i think it's it's what made how i met your mother a painstakingly watched show is because like there's only one interest of the viewer here and you're doing nothing with it for <laughs> seasons, right um and so it's it's really important i think as you cross that four five six season threshold to think what else can we do here mm-hmm. um because the will they won't they i mean you have to be really good i mean you have to be uh ross and rachel uh jd and elliot type good to make me care about that for 9 seasons right yes. and, and yes. yeah so um i'm it's uh having not watched the show i am almost more encouraged to watch the series now knowing that that's that you know it has that writing in it
1: yeah, well, and it certainly kind of uh, set the stage for, stage for future sitcoms. You use Friends as an example, Ross and Rachel. Uh, I think they drew Friends drew heavily from what Cheers had done with Sam and Diane. And then getting back to what you were saying about the bar setting and it being very comfortable and everything. And in fact, the very the first season, the entire series was shot. At the bar, within the bar. There were no external uh, scenes. Uh, later, at, or late, starting with season two, they did move outside the bar and went to people's apartments. And there were scenes outside the bar. But the first season was just the bar. And it's so such a comfortable show. And the song, you know, the theme song, where everybody knows your name, kind of gets to that. It's like, it's somewhere where I want to be. And in fact, if you watch the Friends episode where they're in London for Ross's uh, wedding... I think it's Joey. I might be wrong, but Joey's kind of upset and he's depressed and he sits down and he turns on the TV and Cheers comes on and you hear the song where everybody knows your name and this big grin comes over his face. You know, so it's definitely a very comfortable show. A show that across uh, uh, a lot of boundaries, as far as people liking, you know, my dad and I really don't share the same sense of humor. I mean, there are certain things that we both laugh at, but for the most part, not. he loves Cheers, hmm. loves Cheers. You know, so that's something that we could re- really share.
0: You had four episodes that you sent that were uh, th- that had uh, strong gambling references or a theme throughout the episode, right? um you will, i'll have you lead us through this uh i don't know how how you what your approach is going to be here but i have I have a handful. I don't have any timestamps or anything like that, like I do for the what I have. I have have notes on on things that just sort of came to mind as I was watching the episode. So yeah, I kind of do too.
1: Not as many. Yeah, not as many uh, timestamps for me either. But uh, I want to talk first about an episode for the first season. And again, this was 1982. A lot of the talent for the show, the writing talent, producing came from shows like Taxi, which had a very similar uh, tone to it. Uh, even from Mash, some of the writers, the Mary Tyler Moore Show, even so, there's quite a good credential coming up, and then they found this fantastic cast. Well, this first episode that we want to uh, talk about is an episode where the gang realizes that Coach Coach is uh, was uh, uh, Sam Malone's baseball coach when Sam Malone pitched for the Red Sox. And again, I was uh,
0: wondering where the Coach nickname came from. Yeah, I, I knew it had, clearly he was a coach of some so. Uh, so, uh, Sam's character, former baseball player has his bar coach is actually a prior coach of his when he was a player. Right. Yes, exactly.
1: And in some of the episodes, they reminisce about, you know, being in the major leagues together and that kind of thing. Yeah. So coach has a reputation on the show as being, I don't want to say dim witted but just, you know, maybe doesn't really know what's going on all the time and gets confused, that kind of thing. Well, the gang finds out very early in this episode, they, they see him playing gin rummy with a friend of his, and it's revealed through conversation that he has lost, I think they said something like $8,000 to this friend over a period of several months. And so they're, oh my gosh, coach, you're getting swindled here. He's hustling you, your friend, George. Yeah. And it, at first George, uh, you know, coach doesn't believe it, but when he thinks about it, it's like, oh my gosh, you're right. What am I going to do? And so the gang is trying to figure out what to do. And they decide to contact a character named Harry, the hat and Harry is a con man, basically a hustler
0: Mm
1: -hmm. played by Harry Anderson. We'll talk about Harry Anderson a little bit later, but um, they decide to ask him to come in and Hey, do you think you can help us get Coach's money back? And the, they, they meet with him and Harry immediately knows who this George character is. They say that he is, I wrote it down here, um, uh, Eddie the Mole, or Moley. He's a known, within the the con men, the hustler community, he's a known con man. And uh, Harry says that George is probably, George Eddie is probably maybe down in funds a little bit. and So he's taking advantage of these small-time suckers, like coaches in this case. And they say, Harry, what can you do to help us uh, get back all the money that coach has lost? And Harry says, well, I'll tell you what, let's set up a poker game because the mole is not known for poker. And what we'll do is I will beat him in that and basically get all your money back. Um, and it's it's a great scene where they're initially talking because Harry is listing off all this jargon, all these you know terms that hustlers use and con men and you know it's kind of going over Sam's and Coach's head Yeah, I don't even remember what some of the terms were here but they're thinking okay this is this is the right guy but they're very concerned though when uh Harry says he's going to need a $5000 bankroll and they're pretty uncomfortable with that initially as you can imagine but Harry says that Coach will be the roper meaning he will bring the fish well in this case eddie the mole in to play the game he's the roper sam will be the inside man because he's going to be actually running the game and finally sam says okay i'll, I'll give you the i'll front you the five thousand dollars what do you call the guy who brings the money and harry says the, the guy who brings the money so you know that's kind of a joke after all this jargon you know that he's been uh running around At the beginning of the episode, and maybe I should have mentioned this first, but you see Harry for the first time in the episode. Harry walks into the bar, and Norm, one of the regulars, uh, probably the most famous regular on Cheers, played by George Wendt. As soon as he sees Harry walk through the door, uh, (laughs) Norm gets up, takes $10 out of his wallet and just gives it to Harry. (laughs) Here, Harry, here's the $10 you were going to get from me within five minutes anyway. He just doesn't want to go through the theatrics of being conned out of it. He just immediately gives him his money. So
0: you had sent me, uh, after I'd watched this episode, you had sent me a handful of scenes that Harry appears in again. Uh, and there's one later on where Harry comes in and is just trying to make change for a 50 or something like that. And uh, Cliff and Norm go to investigate, but first put their wallet and stuff in like the garnish. Uh, case. <laughs> yeah, they put like, everything away. Like, they, right. want it, they don't want it on their person when they go up to the con man. <laughs> That's right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's great. <laughs> so anyway, the um, they do get this poker game set up and they invite George slash Eddie. And they've got Harry sitting at the bar like just some guy. And they get this poker game going. And then somebody says to, hey, Harry, you want to join us? And Harry's like, what, poker? <laughs> oh, well, I, I guess that could be a nice diversion, right? You nice know, diver, kinda, yeah. <laughs> coming up there. And um, the, the poker game, it's interesting because it does kind of suffer from some of the problems with poker that you see on TV. But in some ways, it's a joke. Because at one point, for example, Cliff tries to raise a bet by throwing in a big sheet of commemorative stamps. Yes.
0: (laughs) I thought of you during that scene, because he's like, I'll see your, however, and I'll raise you. And I was like, well, Mark doesn't like that. And then he comes with commemorative stamps. And I was like, well, Mark probably thinks that's fine. I'll,
1: I'll I'll accept that string raise uh, since it's uh, yeah commemorative commemorative stamps. And then very shortly after there, uh, norm again it's a string raise but again string raises don't bother me too much on tv because i I think people really do do string raises in home games they don't know any different right, right. and again a string raise is when you say i'll see your five dollars and i'll raise you 10 you're not allowed to do that in, in real poker you have to just say raise and put out how much you're going to raise and in fact as you watch the episode harry and george slasetti they don't say i'll see you i'll uh, you know, L raise right. with one exception, but I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But um, at one point, Norm says, you know, I'll see your $5 and raise you 10. And then, you know, Eddie's next to act. And Eddie says, you're bluffing. And Norm says, yep, you're right. And immediately pulls his bet back. But it's, you know, he wouldn't have been able to, uh, to pull his bet back, right? That's right. number one, but it's just so fast, right? Yeah. You're bluffing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <it back. laughs> I don't want to give too much more of the episode away because there are a lot of kind of twists and turns as it goes along. Uh, But I thought another funny line was at one point, Harry says, um, Harry says, uh, Oh, auntie's a yard. And Sam's like, what? And Diane says a hundred dollars pay attention. geez." And it's so great because Diane knows. I mean, if, if, Anybody in the bar knows nothing about poker. It's Diane, right? But right. she's been paying attention and picked up on all this. Lingo, I would not so. have picked that up. I, I, that,
0: is a, that is a measurement of money that I've never heard before.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm familiar with it either. But, you yeah. know, I looked it up just to make sure that at least in some circles, yeah, a yard is $100. Yeah. So, um, but uh, one of my favorite episodes, and there's one line here into where where at one point, Harry is losing to Eddie during this. And Sam's getting very concerned. And you can see that Harry is concerned, too, but he's trying to make it look like it's all intentional. And Harry says, everything's fine. I'm toying with him. I'm giving him a false sense of security. And Sam says, I think you're giving him a genuine sense of security. And I love that line. Plus, it's Ted Danson who just delivers comedy lines like that. So great. So yep. anyway, that's all I want to say as far as the plot goes about this. Uh, uh, as far as the plot is on this episode, are you are you, you going to save people from spoilers in case they uh, they I'm get? I'm going to save is- see people from spoilers. Yeah, because okay. I think this is a pretty good. Are there are enough twists and turns in this that yeah, I don't want to spoil anything beyond that. Other than I remember watching it at the time and just getting a big kick out of the whole episode.
0: Out of the three, or out, out of the four, this is this was my second favorite of the four. Okay, uh, so I I I agree. I think if anybody is curious, I mean, I it, from I mean, from what just from that, it seemed like season. It, you know, see, is season one a good enough? Like, if if you get through season one and realize that this shows you for you or not, that's a uh, that's a good measurement.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think okay. so. Sure. Yeah. And now this is this was your first exposure to the series at all, right? This first episode. Like I so, said, the only thing I knew about Cheers is when I was
0: walking around Boston, I was like, "Hey!" And then that was it. <laughs> that
1: was it. But yeah. I mean, you were able to kind of tell what the characters were, right? You were able to tell Diane's kind of like the smart one, right? And Carl is the sarcastic one, and Coach is maybe gullible, and you know so, Norman Cliff. They're the you know the drinkers. <laughs> So I want to talk about Harry Anderson a little bit here. So Harry Anderson played Harry the Hat in the episode, and some people may know him. He's probably best known as playing the judge on the sitcom Night Court. And before that, even kind of before Cheers, he wasn't really a stand-up comic, maybe more of a performance artist, but his shtick was the con man, the hustler. And so he would get in front of an audience and talk about cons and tricks and oh, maybe a little magic involved. And th- But that was his stick. And he'd have the, the hat on and the suspenders and everything. And in one of his most famous, probably his most famous stand-up moves, he sticks a knitting needle through his arm. And he says, I'm going to show you guys this trick. And he sticks his n- knitting needle through his arm and blood starts coming out and it's kind of gross. And the audience is all like, oh. Oh, and his big funny line is, it's a joke, you know, or it's a trick, right? It's a trick. Like he's, it's not really happening. It's not real blood, you know, but you're yeah. looking at it. I've still looked at it. It still looks real. Anyway, I was very lucky to meet Harry Anderson when he performed at UC San Diego. And I was going there and I happened to write an article about him for the school paper. So they gave me tickets to his show and I was able to go backstage afterwards and talk to him. Super nice guy. And I said, Hey, I love that episode of cheers that you were on you know, where where you're uh, dealing with this other con man. And he said, oh, thank you so much. I actually worked with the writers oh. on that, you know, for some of the specific things. So even though he's not credited as a writer on the actual episode, he was very heavily involved in sort of the background and getting things right, you know, so that it's believable. Yeah. Um, and then Harry uh, did go on to do some extra episodes of Cheers, too, just here and there. Not as big a role, but uh, we'll talk about those coming up, too.
0: I forgot to put it in my or I forgot to put it under which episode it was in. But in one of these episodes is the the uh the drink and hat con. Um it's one of my favorite bar cons and I'm it was I was super excited to see them uh to use this. When I was a uh when I was in my mid-20s, I was obsessed with social dynamics and even more so um Social psychology, the way people interact interacted with each other. I read all sorts of books, and one of the things that I study were bar bets, bar cons, yeah. stuff like yeah. that, because um, it is interesting what you can like how how you can go from being not interesting to being interested, interesting to everybody around you by pulling off one stupid bar con, right? Like it's yeah. like, and um, I had, this so I had learned this con. So uh, the one in the show is. They put a they put a shot underneath a hat and the con man says I bet I can drink that shot without touching the hat and he goes underneath the bar makes a bunch of glugging sounds and he's like see I did it and it, and so someone else of course grabs it to see and then he grabs it and and throws uh right, throws grabs the
1: gun. hat somebody else touches yeah, somebody the hat else touches and the then hat. the con man is able to To drink the drink, yes. This was
0: much the the glugging underneath the bar was. Um, I learned it with this. You take a straw and try to like you put it underneath the hat, almost as acting as
1: if you're Uh, like it's good. Yeah,
0: yeah, like like you're just (laughs) sucking it, and they're like, yeah. Um, that was uh. There's a there's another really good bar bet in pool hall junkies, which makes me seem it gets me. We're we're like two episodes away from from pulling the trigger on pool hall junkies. Uh, I I am I'm getting pretty excited about the, about doing that one. But uh, bar con bar bets bar con stuff like that. A lot of fun. Um, there's there was actually a there was a tele there was a British television show about cons like this like social cons. Uh-huh. Um some of them were bar bets. Some of them were like, like actual cons, like people taking your cell phone to make a phone call and then signing you up for a tech subscription that you can't uncancel, cancel right. uh, stuff like that. But, uh anyways i digress um okay so that was uh that was episodes uh
1: yeah sorry so that was from the first season episode 19 it's called pick a con any con and again hulu has all the episodes if you want to go check these out let me say one more thing about this episode too Uh, it was norm and sam were talking so norm says hey sammy uh, let me get this straight now Whatever we whatever we lose, we'll get back, right? And Sam says, that's right. And Norm says, Great. I love to gamble without risk. <laughs> I thought I gotta record that and maybe make it like my my voicemail. So I love to gamble without risk. Don't we all? Don't, <laughs> don't we, we wish we could all don't we all? I really loved
0: that, like that kind of con man is definitely of the era, right? Like the <laughs> Like, I love that he had the suspenders on. He had the fedora, right? Like, he looked like he was fresh out of the sting.
1: Um, right. For this role. This character of Harry on Cheers is straight from Harry Anderson's stand-up act. I right. mean, this <laughs> is the outfit he wore there. So if oh. you see him, okay, you think... Oh, that's a con man! Look, a con man just walked into the bar. You yeah. can tell just the way he's dressed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, um, I don't. I think he's watching. I don't know if he'll comment about it. And of course, I didn't have enough. Um, uh, I didn't have enough time from the time that I spoke to him till now to to extract this. I will put it in the podcast, uh, but I don't have it here available. Um, did you know that in episode one or two of You Can Bet on That, you reference Cheers, the slot machine?
1: Yes, I do. I am member. It was like after uh the um uh, the uh G2E, I think. And uh they announced, yeah, there's gonna be this cheer slot machine. It's like woo, and I got to play it in Atlantic City, I believe is it was Harris. That's the only place I've ever played it. Okay, as, uh, Atlantic City Harris, yeah.
0: <laughs> but i uh mr rosenthal uh recalled that yep, uh, yeah i remember so i was in uh so i i'm gonna see if i can i'm gonna find that uh and drop it for all for everybody who likes something is nostalgic for old you can bet on that okay episode, <laughs> old or, t- terrible audio it's from one of the terrible audio episodes i'm sure <laughs> well you don't have to go very far back in the better life feed to find terrible audio nah, so, okay, nah, yeah. nah. um season two episode 16 cliff's rocky romance
1: yeah so this episode the gambling is really the b story here the main story is that cliff um there's cliff is the know-it-all at the bar and he talks a lot and there's another bar patron not a regular just a one-shot character who doesn't like him and basically uh you know uh, uh challenges to him to a fight and that's the main story but the b story is that the there they have a football pool that uh um, they have at cheers and maybe it's other bars too you can't really tell but every week they have a football pool typical football pool picking the winners and it's revealed that diane who doesn't know anything about football has won the previous week's football pool sam on the other hand Uh, says that he hasn't won in 10 years. (laughs) And according to him, it it was a decade of upsets.
0: decade of upsets, that's right. This is like
1: 1984. So, you know, think it's like 1974 through 1984.
0: I laughed out loud uh, when he said
1: that. (laughs) Yep. So he says, here, Diane, sit down. Let me actually show you how you go through and you figure this out. And he's talking about here. Okay, we've got the Dolphin, we've got the Bears at the Dolphins. Now, the thing is, you got to keep in mind, you know, Dolphins have... Home field advantage, and Diane says, "Well, the Bears." And Sam's like, "What?" And she says, "What? Well, come on, Sam, a bear versus a dolphin?" <laughs> I love the so, mascot analysis. You know, it's the <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> and and go ahead. Go, go ahead,
0: go ahead. I was, I was saying uh say, when I was a uh, long time ago when I was in Vegas and uh, a friend of mine who was really big in the poker, he bet on sports because I bet on sports. He knew nothing about sports, but he liked the vehicle of betting on sports. Uh-huh. And, and I, he'd be like, who are we betting on today? And I was like, oh, probably the Sun and the Magic game. He's like. Sun versus Magic? Who could possibly (laughs) win that? (laughs) And I was like, that's an excellent point. I don't know. I don't know how Sun and Magic uh, pair
1: up, but... Uh, i just is, like too that you can visualize it a bear versus a dolphin right just i don't know swiping at the <laughs> every
0: time the lions and the bears play each other in the in, <laughs> NFL, i just picture coming out of both tunnels like beasts just coming out <laughs> <fighting> <laughs> in the middle of the field
1: <laughs> so sam and sam is sam's getting more and more frustrated because diane's using this stupid logic to determine the winners and, and during the conversation she says what color uniforms do they wear And he's like, well, what difference does that make? She says, well, the color will tell you the winner. Red beats blue. Blue beats yellow. Yellow beats mauve. And then he cuts her cuts her off. And it's funny because he cuts her off right when she says mauve, which is a funny name for a color, right? If you're talking yeah, about football team colors, usually don't say mauve. Yeah, <laughs> right? Purple for but those that she, She's going through that. And, um, it, you know, he's just fed up with it. And, and you know, they go on to make their picks. Well, so they go to commercial break. And, and after the commercial break, it looks like it's the next week, right? And they're talking about the football pool. And Diane says, how'd you do, Sam? And he says, oh man it was a it was a tough week it really was you know the so many upsets and the handicappers really took a beating and he's counting it out well I got six out of 13 I guess that isn't too bad and Diane kind of looks at his sheet and what what about this one here and he says all right five out of 13 okay you know he gets more upset and he's looking at it and it's all right four four out of 13 and throws his paper away and how many did you get? And and Diane says, Oh, I, you know, I'm a little upset. I, I, I only got 11 out of 13. Right. You know, she knowing that of course that's very good. And he looks at her sheet and well, the, the heck you did. You got 12, right? So she got 12 out of 13. So she's very pleased with herself. Yeah. And at this, this point I should mention too, this is the season, the first season where they are actually a couple and they're dating. In the first season, there's a lot of that sexual tension here. This is from season two where they're actually dating. And he's getting mad. He's saying, you're ruining football, you know, for all of us. And so she says, all right, Sam, since this obviously upsets you, then I'm going to, I I, I won't be in the football pool anymore. And she says, but this makes it impossible for me to test out my theory on state flowers. And that's a big (laughs) funny thing. And, you know. And, then, from there.
0: and the call the callback to that joke is uh, uh, Sam is on the phone with his book. Right. And he's yes. like, do you happen to know their state flower? <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
1: He's on. There. He wants to make a bet. Yeah. but He's looking at through this book. He says, uh, can you tell me something, though? Which is the more dominant flower, the that's mountain right. lily or the black eyed Susie? That's, right? That's right. And that's how the scene ends. Right.
0: Yeah that's right
1: oh man
0: what i love what i love about this in i mean uh man what what? i mean what what time period is this again uh, so this would have been
1: 1984 uh maybe 84. in 85 beginning of 85 maybe yeah
0: so i i just love how like when i when she was like picking apart his i was like this is like a twitter user going through a touts plays i mean like you don't have that kind of record and he's like well actually she's no no, no you don't have <laughs> yeah. that kind of record we're looking at it um, it felt uh, it felt that way and I love the 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 person who knows nothing about sports picking plays based off of color mascot city you know whatever it may be that trope never gets old even in real life right like that like it never gets old I, um, it, it's true the pre-snap picks podcast uh Bethany uh the, the wife of of uh Brad <laughs> right host she like every week she would shoot she would pick five uh pick five uh plays that she liked and she she would she'd be like yeah i like i don't i don't like philadelphia just like i feel like an anecdote like <laughs> right <Philadelphia>, just <laughs> yeah gotta fade the eagles here right you know and, <laughs> um and she, like for i think for almost oh, more than half the season she was uh like over 60 and it was you know it's it, it, it's it never gets old right
1: the, yeah and we've all been in football pools Yes. Where that's there's one participant who is doing this. Yes. And maybe their record really is terrible. But then they get on this streak where they're winning and there's no reason for it. They're they're using no reasonable logic to it, right? And then, you know, they end up winning. Yeah, I love that. In fact, in, I, I love this. When Diane went 12 for 13, she said, uh, I went entirely with cities whose symphonies are led by foreign-born conductors. <laughs>
0: Man, whoever the writer, whoever wrote that, that's a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant line. Uh, foreign-born conductors, like I, I imagine that the, the writer rewrote that to make it as nuanced as possible. Like, 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 like over and over. Like, how nuanced can I make this? Uh, right, you know, which yeah. is going to
1: be the perfect phrasing right, right here, and the most ridiculous reason for a football team to win. Yeah, uh,
0: travel fanboy. Uh, I'm sure being a sarcastic here, but it is actually, or not, not sarcastic in, in handicapping uh, horse handicapping. I think this is how a lot of us choose horses which is why I never understand why people poo-poo the people who don't know what they're doing in sports. You go to a racetrack, none of us know what we're doing. <laughs> we're like, we're like Flatowins is a badass name for a horse. I'm taking Flatowins, <laughs> right? Like, I don't, don't ask me why, but that's what I'm doing. Oh, um, yeah. but as sports gets involved. People get all like, oh, you got to know
1: what you're doing. Um, no. No, we've, no, we've all gone to the track where either you know we <laughs> or people we're there with yeah, I like that. I like that jockey's hat. Exactly. I, I like the color. Oh, you know, I love I love the painted horses, you know, just some reason, right? Exactly. Which has nothing to do with how they run, but that's how the and that's gets back to our gambling, right? Hey, if that's how you have fun, go ahead. Plus you're I'm, you're 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 providing money for the the true advantage players. You know, without us, <laughs> they wouldn't be able to win. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um what uh taylor from the expo want uh learned that uh that moth is a pale purple so here we go there educational go. <laughs> educational um oh a most most creative name in an exact box that's how you choose a horse like almost got to create a haiku of how horses to <laughs>
1: yeah or if it, if it actually forms a sentence if you say the two right. horses names right next to each other does it actually say something yeah,
0: yeah. um I mean, what's, uh, right here. Um, resort still has a cheers machine. So if you, uh, if you need to try, uh, all, all right. right, very good. There you go. There's, <laughs> there's your cheers machine. Uh, this is, you know, anybody who's ever been in any sort of pool, like you said, March madness pool, football pool, there's a, like, I'm, I'm in it with my, with my in-laws. Right. And like, I know that I probably, I pay more attention to this than all of them combined. And I know darn well I'm never gonna win because like like you know like it doesn't matter how, I may be able to choose a couple upsets that they wouldn't consciously pick, but they're gonna naturally pick them anyways. They're probably picking more upsets than I am anyways because I'm where I don't think the upset can happen. They're choosing it just because Pepperdine's a cool name, right? Like, yeah, right there you go. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. So uh,
0: <laughs> I think this is. Um, this this would be a good episode, I think, for sports betters to watch uh, in present day uh, so yeah. they can get a little less uptight about uh, about their picks. Yeah. Uh, uh, season three, episode 18 bar bet. This was my favorite of the bunch.
1: Oh, very good. OK, yeah. very good. So just an aside here, uh, the uh, character of coach was played by actor Nicholas Colasanto, And when this episode was being filmed, he was in the hospital fairly ill. And, in fact, he died two days before this episode aired. Oh, no. So during this episode, you actually uh, hear them talking about how Coach is out of town. I think the joke is that he's he's in gone for, uh, He's for gone a to for Vermont to, yeah, to renew his driver's license. He's taking a week off to renew I his think. driver's license, and that's kind of the joke. So, again, he was in the hospital. He died um, uh, right before this episode aired, and then uh, Woody Harrelson – it didn't take his place really but kind of did was the new bartender that took his place and Woody was similar to coach in that he kind of was simple-minded and at least in the case of Woody he was a kind of a farm boy and not uh, familiar with the big city stuff and see here's the thing too when when it's someone like you you're watching cheers and oh now Woody Harrelson is you know shows up for me you know I'm thinking oh my gosh look at the actor that woody harrelson has become you know uh, the guy yeah. that we all know from cheers yeah you know, I, I always think of woody harrelson as woody from cheers yeah. and you know what it's quite a contrast to a lot of the roles that he play plays now but you know to me he was always you know simple-minded woody from cheers that's right
0: It's uh i mean that was it was it was a lot of fun looking back on it you're like oh look at all these people ted danson is in the good place right right and yeah. i had not really made the connection until i pulled up the first episode and i was like holy smokes that like like i in the same day someone could have told me ted danson from cheers and ted danson from the booth i like yes and they're like i would have considered those mutually exclusive it uh-huh, wasn't right. until I pulled yeah. up that first episode i was like oh wait the same ted Danson.
1: <laughs> it's the same ted danson yep. yeah yeah yeah, so Barbet this episode Barbet. It, it takes it's interesting a, a a supposed old friend of Sam's shows up at the bar and it's played by he's played by Michael Richards who of course was Kramer from Seinfeld. Yes. And at this point Michael Richards was not that well known. People who watched a lot of television knew who he was because he had been a regular on Fridays, which was a sketch comedy show on ABC. They were trying to kind of compete with Saturday Night Live. And Fridays was a a much edgier version uh, of like a sketch show than Saturday Night Live. Michael Richards was a regular on that. And he would show up in things from time to time. But he certainly wasn't that well known. And if you watch him in this role, it's not Kramer. He's, you know, it's a very different character. And it's a little strange because you're so used to seeing him as Kramer and just being crazy. But it it actually, I mean, he's
0: dressed up as a greaser, right? right, He's got the leather jacket, the white shirt. It actually yeah. took. It. I'm not gonna lie. It took. Um, it took a few minutes for me to make that connection. I did the, man. He looks familiar. Like I yeah, did huh. one of those, and it wasn't until I think. It, I think it wasn't until he came back to collect. Where I was like, "That's ah. it, there it is," and I think there was something about a face, like, it, like you know, facial expressions sometimes will just get you. Like you, you can make that connection. Right, and right. He, like he made some facial expression. I was like, "That's it." Uh, yeah. And then, it, then it really, and then it really blew my mind. And thinking like, "Wow, what a good actor!" Exactly. You know, that exactly. I can't, Yeah. I couldn't figure that out for that long.
1: Yeah, you think, oh, okay, Michael Richards. All he can really be is Kramer. But no, this is a good example. He is a good actor. Yeah. And it, it does kind of throw you off because he's not acting like Kramer. He's younger you know by i don't know five or six years from the beginning of seinfeld so he does look different but anyway that's kind of an interesting thing anytime you go back to old sitcoms and cheers is certainly one of those you'll see some you know actors who have gone on to bigger and better things and this is uh, he was definitely one of them but anyway he shows better things yeah he shows up at uh yeah bigger and i don't know about better and what am i saying i love cheers bigger and better roles for them is what i'm saying not not the the as opposed to just a guest star. All right. I think I'm on the same page.
0: So from my generation, so, I would be like, Oh, he was on cheers and then went on the Seinfeld. What a step up in the world."
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, you know, if you're going to hold up two sitcoms, cheers and Seinfeld, I mean, those might be my two. If I were going to say, what are the greatest American sitcoms? Not just not comedies necessarily. Cause there are other right. kinds of comedies on TV, but sitcoms for longevity and just being funny. Uh, I might put those two to you know as the top two. Cheers and Seinfeld. Anyway, okay. his friend shows up. His name is Eddie Gordon. Michael Richards plays Eddie Gordon. And he says, hey, Sam, how you doing? How you doing? And Sam is pretending to remember this guy, but clearly does not. And finally confronts the guy and says, I'm sorry, buddy. I just don't remember who you are. And uh, Eddie says, well, I remember who you are. You know, we met about a year ago. And this is when... Sam had fallen off the wagon. He'd broken up with Diane, and you didn't see any of these episodes, but he he drank uh, when they broke up. So he had about where he was drinking again. And uh, he apparently got drunk with this guy, Eddie. And on a slip of paper, he had written, If I don't marry Jacqueline Bissett within a year, I'll give you my bar. <laughs> And for those who don't know, Jacqueline Bisset was an actress, probably most popular in the '70s. Became kind of a sex symbol in the late '70s. So very attractive actress. And so that's what he said. He had, on a napkin signed his name. You know, if I don't marry Jacqueline Bisset within a year, you get my bar.
0: So he he meets them at the bar. And what I what I loved about that interaction is. He's trying to be clever and re- he doesn't remember who this guy is, and he's trying to be clever <laughs> on trying to remember. So he pours him a drink and he's like, "Hey, I know you know, I know you asked for your regular, but how do you try a Manhattan?" He's like, "A Manhattan is my regular," <laughs> and he's like, "How about the yeah? Where's where was that place you're working at? That silly place?" He's like, "My house, where I." Stuff envelopes. It's horrible. Why would you make <laughs> <feel> like? <laughs>
1: yeah, you making like fun of me, Sam?
0: He's trying to be so clever in figuring out who this guy is, and he's missing on all fronts.
1: Yeah. Finally, just says, "Look, pal. I'm sorry. I don't even remember who you are." Well, so you know, everybody in the bar is saying, "Well, Sam, this guy doesn't have a case, right? It's something that you wrote on a napkin when you were drunk, and it's silly, you know." But Sam is saying, "Well, okay, you're probably right, but I don't want this guy to take me to court." right because if I do have to testify I'll have to testify that I was drunk and that will make headlines and it was one of the things that drove him out of the major leagues and he says he doesn't want to go uh, through yeah. that anymore he doesn't so even though yeah probably you know it wouldn't be binding in a court of law he doesn't want to go through the process so they're trying to think of a way to get out of it
0: a really great written plot well-written plot from the writer because without without that process public eye aspect there is no reason for him to follow through with trying to do this because yeah no one's like no one's gonna own up i was drunk and it's on a napkin no court no judge is gonna make me pay up on this uh but yeah just the bad publicity is enough for him to uh consider paying this bet just to uh get this guy off his back yeah yeah
1: i'm glad you mentioned that because that's bad writing in sitcoms and you see plenty of bad writing in sitcoms they wouldn't even have tried to come up with a reason they would just oh what are we gonna do but you need that reason Uh, the, the the worst thing you can do in sitcoms i see it all the time is come up with something that's easily fixable and if there was no other reason they'd say just ignore the guy and that'd be the end of the story so it's nice that they actually added that element so that okay well yeah there is a reason to go through with this so they're trying to figure out what they're going to do and they finally come up with the idea that hey sam you didn't say that you were going to marry Jacqueline Bissett the famous actress if we can find anybody named Jacqueline Bissett and you marry her then the guy has no case, right? You've actually done what you're going to say, and so that's basically what the rest of the story is: is trying to find somebody named Jacqueline Bissett and then convincing this woman to marry Sam, and then get an annulment right away, just so he doesn't have to go through this whole thing in court.
0: My so what I what I love about this, the reason why this, I think this episode is my favorite of the four, is I loved the dynamic of. Guy who's gonna collect his bet does not care that it was made by a drunk man on a on a napkin. I'm gonna show up to collect, and now the lengths that Sam's character is gonna <laughs> go through to try to uh to try to dodge having to pay it. Um, there was there was something about that uh, that almost friendly wager dynamic that uh that so you see so often in in TV, but it's never. The stakes really aren't in, and I think that's what I liked about this is because of that bad publicity fear that he has. It is his bar, right? Like these, you know, the 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 wins and losses of this friendly wager are just enough to make you be like, "Oh, how is he gonna like pull this off, right?" Like, what is the, you know? And so uh, I was invested as a as a viewer.
1: Yeah. So we won't go through the actual, you know, uh, climax of this story, but they do find a woman named Jacqueline Bissett, Jackie Bissett. Uh, and it's kind of funny, uh, you know, how they, uh, or he tries to convince her to marry him just shortly and for a short amount of time. But, uh, yeah, a very good episode. And I, my friend, uh, Mike, uh, that I had a friend growing up, not Dr. Mike, but another, a friend named Mike and he and I, <laughs> He, he and I love Cheers. We would get together and watch every Thursday night, um, get together and watch Cheers. And um, now I'm trying to forget. I don't even remember where I was going with it. Maybe <laughs> this will jog my memory, but I did want to say that when Cheers first started and was getting the bad ratings, Dr. Yeah. Mike, this other friend, Mike, and I all worked at the same restaurant. And we all loved Cheers. And we, you know, we kept talking about, oh, you know, we're going to watch Cheers. We, we love Cheers. We're going to watch Cheers. Um and I don't know what I was going to say after that. <laughs> what was the uh, the,
0: uh, the bar bets, um, uh, my last thought on this, uh, something, um, I can't remember who's, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's Eddie that says it, um, or, is, or someone's like, no one's going to, like, no one's going to agree to that contract, it's like, not a contract, a wager.
1: <laughs> oh that's right yeah I'm glad you remember that yes not a contract a wager yes, yes. And, uh, yes. What, I, what I
0: loved about that is it it took a little bit of the legalese out of it right like it's not necessarily just about that maybe he could go to court but this is a wager and there's this unwritten rule in society that if you make a wager you stick to it right <laughs> and so I, I think that yeah there you go I, I thought it was a nice pairing to the you know not you know uh you know, he has reasons that he doesn't want this to go public, but there's also like this is a wager, right? Like it, he has proof that the wager was made mm-hmm. um, and there is like this, you know, pressure to, uh, you know, look, like I said, if I, if I lend you a hundred bucks, you know, take your time to take your time to pay me back. Uh, if it was a $10 bet, um, where's that juice money? Is running. Juice is running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that was the episode is called bar bet season three, episode 18. Ready to move on to the our last one, our last whole episode that we're going to talk about here? Uh, Taylor bringing up look, uh, fans of the Vegas podcast always
0: remember the Eric Rosenthal piggyback wager. Yes, uh, I thought of that Great multiple example. times this episode, actually. I was uh, thinking
1: about it when you were just talking about it. I was thinking about it. Yep. Yep. It's a wager. Uh, you don't, yeah, yeah a, a wager is a wager. You're right. It's different from a loan. Yeah, you yes. got to pay back a loan, but it's like, oh, I understand. But if it's a wager, a wager is victory. my money. <laughs> <laughs> and what we'll kind of this next episode kind of talks about a little bit.
0: Season four. Where'd it go? Season four, episode 12, fools and their money. And boy, if there isn't a better title for a uh, episode that's gambling themes,
1: <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. So in this episode, Woody, who is new to the show this season. So it's the first season that Woody appears in. Uh, he has been... Uh, Placing in the money in the football pools the last few weeks, kind of like Diane had been in the earlier episodes. Uh, but as you watch this episode, it looks like first and second place each week gets part of the pool for this uh, football pool. And Woody has been in the money. And somebody says something to the to the effect that, "Boy, just think, Woody, if you'd put that money on a parlay, you'd you'd have won a ton of money." And, you know, Woody's like, "Oh, what's a parlay?" Yeah, you know, Woody doesn't know any of this, and they explain a, what a parlay is to him, and they sit him down, and they're saying, "Oh, you know, what do you like next week, Woody?" And he's looking at the paper, and uh he's saying, uh, "Well, does anybody know a bookie?" And Sam says, "Well, yeah, I, you know, I've got a friend who knows a friend who knows a friend." This was oh, my-
0: First favorite part of the episode because i was like you know if you're yeah uh pittsburgh chicago boston areas where everybody around you knows a bookie right Right. (laughs) someone inside of a bar in boston definitely knows a bookie (laughs)
1: right yeah so uh woody says oh well you know what i i think i'd like to make this parlay bet and and sam says yeah well i know a bookie how much do you want to bet and what he says a thousand dollars and everybody's like what a thousand dollars what What do you have how do you have a thousand dollars and what he says oh well it's my life savings and so everybody's saying woody this is a terrible idea you know this is a terrible bet especially based on the teams that he's been picking and they're saying you haven't even picked against the point spread yet well i didn't look at the point spread when i won the football pool yeah. and there's just no talking him out of it he's you know and they're like, well, he's an adult. And Paul, one of the minor characters on the episode, says, "Uh, Woody, I'll make the bet for you. And Sam says, no, no, no. If he's going to make the bet, I'll use my book. I want to kind of keep it in the family, the family being the employees at the bar. And, And Diane is, oh, Sam, don't do this. You know, this is a terrible idea. So anyway, commercial break. They come back, and everybody in the bar is talking about how Woody has won this parlay. And they're all excited. They're waiting for him to come back in. Sam comes into the bar first and is like, "Oh man, it's it's amazing. It really is something what he did." And Woody comes in and everybody's real happy and uh Sam goes into the back office and he pulls Diane back to talk and he says, "Diane, you know, I did something that I thought was so right at the time and it turned out to be so wrong. I didn't make the bet. He was trying to protect Woody didn't make the stupid $1000 bet. And so, you know, Woody didn't win this bet. And everybody in the bar is saying he would have won $10,000. So I'm thinking it maybe it was like a, you know, if we're thinking of the real logistics of a parlay, maybe a 14 parlay that doesn't pay as well as a typical, usually a 14 parlay is like 11 to one. Does that sound right?
0: Yeah. I, like I'm, that, so. I'm sure they made it a round number to make it more. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that doesn't understand it. Right. So, so like, right. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I mean, this is basically the dilemma of the show is, what does he do he didn't make this bet for a friend of his he was trying to protect him and it turns out he would have won this bet so
0: so as he's walk- as uh Sam's walking back in the bar after the the next day uh well so so this is this is where i really appreciate it. the writing in this is actually now that, now that i'm thinking back of it and t- telling you what i enjoyed about it i'm admiring the writing more and more because when it's happening i started like hypothesizing how this is about to go and i thought that he would i was like okay at first i thought okay sam's gonna start to is gonna like bet his own money on this right like like before before woody mm-hmm. uh, offers to make the bet uh when they go to like have them t- uh make uh pick plays i was like oh well they're they're just they're gonna they're all gonna want to bet his plays right and they made it so then he wants to bet I'm like okay that, that's where this is going i thought it was uh going to be that he um, didn't place the wager and it lost and that he was going to be the good guy then and being like, well, I didn't place the wager, right? Like, I thought, um, like, I was like, oh, he's going to, he's going to... And then when he walks in the bar and they're ready to celebrate, I knew right away, I was like, I was half right. <laughs> <laughs> you half right. But, I was half right. They're, he didn't make the wager. He didn't, and now I, totally I, think,
1: <laughs> I think this is a credit to James Burroughs, who directed most of the episodes, and Ted Danson. Because when Ted comes into the bar, yeah, you at home as an audience, you can kind of tell, oh, maybe he didn't make the wager. But he doesn't... Ted Danson does not overdo it. He yeah. doesn't tip his hand to everybody in the bar when he comes and he's, oh, yeah, you know, when he hit that, he's not like using shifty eyes and looking uncomfortable to the point where the people in the bar could could really figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's a little more subtle th- than that. So I really like that, even though you kind of know that that's where it's going at that point.
0: It uh, I took more notes on um, oh, I loved when uh, when uh, someone the 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 character you said uh, that you mentioned that had uh, a smaller role, he when he walked in, he was like, uh, oh, I can do, I can, I'll get part of the mainly activities. What's on the menu? And like, oh. all the guys are looking at the TV and they're like, football, <laughs> all
1: right. It. So, yeah, that is Fraser, that's Fraser Crane, played by okay. Kelsey Grammer who went on to his own spinoff called Pretty Fraser? Sure. that yeah. maybe people are familiar with too. Um, I remember Frasier's first episode. It was the third season episode one where Diane and Sam have broken up and Fraser is Diane's psychologist. And you learn either in that episode or the next one that Frasier and Diane are also dating. And in this episode, we're talking about fools and their money Diane and Fraser have broken up. So it, there's a lot of animosity there in that episode that you probably picked up on. Yeah. But Kelsey Grammer is so good in that role. I remember again, my friend Mike, we were watching that episode and he delivered a line. We, we had no idea who he was. New character, had never seen the actor before. And we were dying with hysterics. He is so good. Fraser Crane, easily one of my favorite sitcom characters of all time. And unfortunately, you know, these four episodes, they don't really show him that much. <laughs> so you don't get a sense for what he's like in the show. But he, I think, really was a huge part of the show after Shelly Long left. Um, I think he's just hilarious. But anyway, yeah, he's the one who comes in. He's sort of Diane's intellectual equal. So, yeah, he comes in. What's going on today, boys? Oh, football. And he's kind of like, Ugh. <laughs> He's all depressed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I like that Sam makes uh, Sam makes a comment that betting with a bookie is like a passage to manhood. Like, like he lists off, lists off like these stereotypical men things, like going to a cat that's house right. and stuff like that. Yeah, going you to a
1: cat house and whizzing off a balcony. Yeah, whizzing <laughs> off
0: a Those balcony. Those are the
1: lines. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right. And I was like, yeah, betting with a bookie. That's what I tell my wife. Like, yeah, I was just, uh, <laughs> you know, I was trying to get my passage into manhood of betting, uh, betting with a bookie. Um, here's what I thought was funny: it was uh, he had to go to um they imply that he goes to the bookie to place the wager uh which means that uh well to to me who reads too much into it uh not not in not a bookie that sam had an account with right there's no credit there it was just uh that's a good point yeah it was money up front
1: yeah 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 um there yeah. is I don't I don't think we should give away kind of how it all ends up necessarily, because I think you really need to watch the episode to get a sense of how Woody Harrelson played this character of Woody, yes. because the whole final scene is maybe a little unexpected if you're not you know, familiar with the character. And I think it's just absolutely fantastic. So we won't give any way more than that. I do like one line here when Sam is trying to decide what he's going to say to Woody. They're outside of the office. They're in the bar and everybody's there. And he sits down and he said, um, have you ever heard this expression, Woody? When you win a bet, you never get paid for eight days. And Woody says something like, oh, no, I've never heard that, but I like that. And I looked it up. I couldn't find any reference to it. So it's maybe it's something that's made up for the show. Sam claims that it's an Irish expression. But I kind of like it. When you win a bet, you never get paid for eight days. Now, I don't like the concept, but I could see that maybe being some kind of folksy, especially with a bookie. You know, well, right. you won, but you're not going to get paid right away. In well, fact, I, I think they, a lot of the online books probably take that as gospel.
0: Well, I was going to say the, <laughs> the analogy, Well, the, what that means is that's playing into like eight days and letting a whole week go by. Like they're giving you a week to lose your money before they decide to pay you, right? Which <laughs> yeah. was a right. which
1: was right. an offshore scheme. That's exactly what they did. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One more thing I want to say about this episode—it's one of my famous, uh, favorite lines from the series. So Sam and Diane are back in the office, and Sam has confessed to Diane that he didn't make the bet, and they're trying to figure out what to do. And so Diane says, "Well, we know that Woody actually did pick the winning teams," and Sam kind of perks up, like, "Yeah, yeah." So why don't you go to the bookie and tell him that you honestly intended to wager on the winning teams and see if he won't give you the money. And this is perfect. Diane chambers. It's just so perfect that she would be making a suggestion like this.
0: Yeah, And he's like, yeah, maybe I can convince him that I picked all the rights since 1974. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this was a these four episodes were uh were a lot of fun to watch. This was a nice sort of uh flight, if you will, uh into into a show that I was completely unfamiliar with. And um, like I said, it was it was I was able to watch each one of these episodes, I was able to watch without the context of the filler. Clearly I saw that right. okay, Coach isn't there, clearly something's happened with him. Woody Harrelson's now here, okay, they've hired someone new. But like, there's never been like, oh, who's this person, or what are they talking about? Like, each one of these stories. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure there's references that maybe I didn't pick up on uh, because I don't understand the, I didn't know the context. I didn't feel like I was missing anything from the story. Yeah, you're not
1: confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, So if anybody is not interested in watching the show Cheers, or maybe you have, or you just want to watch these: season one, episode nineteen; season two, episode sixteen; season three, episode eighteen; and then season four, episode. 12 um and then uh we could we could do those another time maybe or do, do you want to go through these the, the the hairy episodes or the I don't hairy mind uh, going
1: through it i mean we're talking about cheers we probably won't do it any other time i don't know great You're... point let's just do I it would, yeah so
0: you would send me more hairy scenes uh who's the con man now i i don't have any notes on these i was just sort of pulling them up as i was preparing here today yeah um, so i'll
1: just i'll just go through them and kind of tell you what happened so in one of the early episodes it's uh Season one, episode four, right in the cold open there, Harry tries to con coach out of some money by confusing him about making change. And it's the typical kind of thing like, oh, do you have change for a 20? And coach makes change for the 20. And then Harry says, oh, wait a minute. You know what? I didn't realize I actually have change here. I, You know, I hear it's just a bunch of bills going back and forth to the point where coach is like giving him $40, right? And Sam comes <laughs> in and puts a stop to that. Um Same episode at uh, Minute Marker uh, 11.05, Norm inadvertently bets Harry $10 that Harry can't make a coin float in the air. Harry's got a coin up here, and he's trying to make it float, float. And the wording is such that Norm doesn't realize that he's actually bet Harry that Harry can't make the coin float in the air by himself. And so he him out of that. And at the very end of the episode, there's the closing scene uh, where... The plot is basically taken care of. This is like a throwaway scene. They're just panning over the bar. And it just so happens that Harry's dealing three-card Monty to uh, <laughs> Coach and Norm. Just going yeah. through. Come on, guys. I'm trying to help you out. And that's how the episode ends. He's just dealing like that. All right. Another episode. Uh, season one, episode 16. Uh, the the uh, beginning, it's a, another cold open here. And uh, Diane is in the back pool room uh, with Harry and uh sam comes in and uh you know is concerned that harry's gonna run some kind of scam on diane and no don't worry about it don't worry so anyway uh sam goes back to the main bar diane and harry are left in the pool room and harry says well it's time for me to go here uh diane let me help you cover the pool table you know you want to it's good to cover it up you don't want it to all the lights and everything on it you want to keep it you know clean that kind of thing and uh he starts doing it and then diane comes in and diane says here i'll finish it up and harry says okay thanks diane uh i'm gonna go pay my bill uh up at the front with sam so he walks up to the front where sam is and sam says hey you got to pay your bill for the drinks and said oh i settled up with diane in the back and you know sam's like i don't believe you and so harry says diane will you please tell sam it's covered and diane (laughs) says it's covered and you know, so there's the joke is that you right? Know, it was the pool table, the pool
0: table's covered. Right? covered yeah, yeah the that, right. uh, the. I mean, that's what I really. I mean, that's what I appreciate about um, um, about you know bar bets and bar cons and stuff like that. Are these little like this little, much like understanding the rules of a game you play in the casino? A con man is just trying to either create a set of rules that you don't quite see, like see plainly at the time that that it's happening. Or confuses like 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 using the word cover stuff like that like like picks up on oppor- like loopholes almost with inside mm, of a, a, yeah finding a loophole within a, uh, a rule of set so um, while these aren't you know like he's not gambling necessarily on 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 his bar bet I think the uh, or on his uh, his bar bill the you know the real the, I think the appreciation that we can have as gamblers is he found his little loophole that it, that he can use the word cover. Uh, to apply both to the pool table and his bar bill, and and get out of there with a with a free drink. Yeah,
1: it's his advantage play. If you want to yeah, look exactly. at it exactly, that's right. It's you. his yeah, advantage exactly. play.
0: It's exactly <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> All right, then uh, episode. Uh, excuse me, season two, episode ten. Uh, the cold open is uh, Sam and Coach plan on playing a uh, prank on Harry. Where they give him a wallet as a gift, and it's a, a a novelty wallet where if you open it up, flames come out of the wallet. You know, that's the big joke. And so they wrap it up in a nice present, and uh, Harry comes in, they give him the present, he's, you know, he's looking at it, so, and he opens it up, and, says oh, it's a wallet! Well, open it up, open it up, Harry! And so he opens it up real slowly and there's a bunch of money in there. And like, you know, and he says, Oh my gosh, there's gotta be like 50, 60 bucks here. Thanks guys. And then quickly leaves. And everybody's like, what, what, what just happened there? That, that wall looked real familiar. And Sam goes into his pocket, takes his wallet out. And that turns out to be the novelty wallet that's catching fire somewhere along the way, the uh, the way he switched wallets. So um, and then, later in this episode, Sam, uh, Diane has gotten Sam, uh, these tickets to a boxing match and Diane doesn't want to go with him. And, uh, Sam is trying to decide who he's going to take from the bar to go to this boxing match with him. And the scene when they're they're, there, he says, you guys all decide on your own. And they're trying to decide how they're going to figure it out. Coach comes up with this idea where everybody picks a number between one and 10. They have all these different ideas and they can't really decide. Then there's another scene where Sam and Diane are in the office for a little while. And when that scene ends, Sam comes out and Norm says, well, guess who drew the high card and is going to the boxing match with you? And there's Harry, who ha- wasn't in the scene before. You know, suddenly <laughs> he's just there. They don't actually show the scene of him drawing the car. It's just, guess who got the high card? It's just assume. And Harry follows Sam out the door. He gets to go to the uh, boxing match. And then later in that episode, it's not Harry related, but at the 14 minute, 26 second point, um, they start a poker game. All the guys, the bar's closed. It looks like they've gone to the uh, strip club for the night. They come back to the bar and they're starting a poker game. So I thought I'd put that in there. Um,
0: Easiest form of gambling to insert it in in a a TV show. Let's play
1: poker. Here's a table. Here's some cards on the table. Um, So uh, just a couple more here. Uh, uh, Season six, episode 10. Uh, the cold open. There's a very similar scene. I think you had uh, talked about this before where uh, Woody needs change for a 50 and Norman Cliff are very concerned that Harry is going to take advantage of uh, of uh, Woody. So, again, they put their wallets in you know, a little area where uh, uh, Harry can't get to them and they go over and they watch harry making change for woody and harry uses kind of a goofy looney tunes almost approach to all right i'm gonna count at 50 one two three four hey norm you got the time yeah it's nine nine ten eleven twelve hey how old are you now cliff oh you know i'm 36 36 37 38 you know and so that's (laughs) the gag um the only other episode i'm going to mention it's uh season 11 episode 19 uh, I'm not going to talk about it at all, but Harry plays a significant role. It was interesting because this was Cheer's final season. They knew it was going to be the final season. And so a lot of characters from old episodes kind of came back for one last time to be on the show. And this was an example of Harry Anderson coming back to play Harry one last time. Because by this point, he was already a star of his own sitcom, again, uh, Night Court, where he played the judge. So there's no reason, you know, he certainly didn't need the money anymore. He was, you know, a star in his own right, but wanted to come back one last time and, and plays a po- prominent role. Uh, role in this so that's uh season 11 episode 19 bar wars seven the naked prey and kind of a fun episode kind of a goofy one but fun
0: one thing i really in- uh really appreciate about um on stuff like that is when reoccurring characters make an appearance in that final season that season uh you know the, the series finale or just the final season um and i mean and there's you know, it's no surprise that some of my favorite shows did that. Right. Like the, yeah. there's, there's a common theme of, you know, I felt like, I felt like I was delivered uh, a proper bow um, on this gift. That was the show. So, oh
1: yeah. Well, especially, especially in the case of cheers, because the very final episode, which is a little over 90 minutes, Shelly Long comes back as Diane for, so they can kind of wrap up that original storyline of the whole yeah. romance thing. And it's a pretty good see- uh, series finale.
0: We got one question here. Is the Better Life taking part in the March 14th poker tournament? Yes, I am. I'll just go ahead and say this is a nice time to say this, Mark. Not only am I participating, um, I haven't decided what it's going to be, but there will also be a bounty on my head. So you better hope you're at the first table with me because I am not good at poker. So (laughs) (laughs) if you want an opportunity to 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 get my bounty, you better hope you're at the first table with me because uh, that's probably how long that bounty is going to last. But I will be in a tournament. And there will be a bounty on my head.
1: Yeah. Uh, so March fourteenth on that, and uh, you know, if you want more details, listen to our most most recent episode. I only recently found out that you cannot actually register for the tournament until February twenty eighth. I guess the two weeks is like the the cutoff. There, you can't do it any time before then. So even though I've okay. created the tournament, February twenty sixth noon Eastern time, you can start uh, registering for that tournament.
0: Okay, going into next uh, next week um or next week next month next uh, time the next time that you and i do this um i i just finished watching the first uh and only season of ted lasso phenomenal show i've uh, heard
1: that from others as well you know we don't have apple what is it apple plus get it. Is on get it it's okay. that good i've heard that's get what it. i've heard okay
0: I, w- I did the same thing, Mark, where I was like, I'm clearly going to like this. It's about it's about soccer. It's going to make fun of a guy who doesn't know soccer. I'm clearly going to like this. But I did the same thing where I was like, I don't want another streaming service. right? I know, yeah. And I finally broke down, and I loved it. There's two gambling references. We'll go over those next time um so there now you have to get it all right so
1: i will cancel one of our services and get apple plus at least for a month and and watch all the shows that i've missed out on
0: they do have a week-long trial if you want to try to cram um but oh
1: uh, oh, that's a good idea yeah maybe yeah um
0: there's also the morning show which i know a lot of people like that uh Mm -hmm. that steve carell is in so uh, if you're looking for some but anyways ted lasso um uh the office has uh, a i'm The Office has moved from Netflix to Peacock, and I have not not made that adjustment in my life yet. Um, So that's why I um, uh, I, I need to start watching. But I know um as i was listening to the office ladies pod they reference uh when michael scott goes to kevin looking for a sure thing because he needs some money (laughs) he's like do you like do you know you've been on sports right do you know like a sure thing like a guaranteed thing and i was like well okay this is this is a this is a calling that i have to bring this up on the podcast now uh community uh had another um another uh gambling reference that we'll bring up so uh ted lasso office community um, and I think, oh, and the one, the one reference I found in the guild, uh, so it's going to be a, uh, a, a hodgepodge, uh, if Shane Meals will let me use his catchphrase, it'll be a hodgepodge of, uh, of gambling references next time, as we think, Mark, as we put together what the next sort of grander, uh, episode, uh, will be, what do you, that's what we need, but what's some like what do people want to watch? Like 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 that's that yeah. kind of curious. Like what, I think
1: what? we do. I think we do need to get some feedback. But I've also thought we talked oh, about this movie. on your most recent is doing movies, that's just de- right. dedicating whole episodes to gambling movies, not just scenes, uh, ge- uh, movies that have a single gambling scene. So like owning Mahoney or Vegas Vacation or Mississippi Grind or Rounders or you know I mean you could go back to yeah, Cincinnati Kid. I mean just all sorts of things let's like do that. that. Yeah. I almost forgot about that next
0: week on the better life, uh, the host of risk of ruin.
1: Oh, good. Oh, Cold terrific. Beyond. Great. Another yeah. good uh, podcast has come out. Yeah. Perfect. Very entertaining. Yeah. Great.
0: Yep. Uh, so that's what, uh, that's what we can anticipate next week. Uh, you and I will talk movies next time. The in in at some point in the next three episodes, before you hit Mark and I do this again, I will let everybody know the two movies that we, we decided on. So everybody can watch, uh, watch them going into this. So, Uh, everybody in the stream, thank you so much for, for watching this. This is a whole lot of fun. Mark, you, Mark, thank you for uh, agreeing to do this live and uh, and chat with people. And, uh, look, for those of you, I know there's a handful of you that are still going to listen to this when it goes into the feed. Um, I mean, look, we're an hour and forty minutes into it. I guarantee you, I'm not putting an hour and forty minutes of, of this <laughs> into the podcast feed. So I'm curious to he- get other people's feedback on what you know was what was discussed and what actually hits the podcast feed. Uh, and so you have you're, you have testament to uh, why watching these live uh, bring a little bit of value. So uh, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Mark. Good night and good luck. Bye. Thanks to everybody who joined us on the Twitch live stream for uh, for that uh, that conversation. Twitch.tv slash the Better Life is where you can follow me on Twitch. That is where I'm going to um, sporadically hop on there and play some casino themed games in a stream, sort of sort of natural to to Twitch, uh, and also where I will be live recording the interviews for this show if the guests uh or co-host that i have uh is open to that mark is obviously open to that so this is happening at least once a month um and hopefully we can do it again uh with some other guests uh but big thanks to everybody who hopped in and watched us love the engagement love the uh the interactions and stuff like that. It's a whole lot of fun um we only kind of scratched the well, i was scratch surface we didn't get into like the we didn't get so deep into those episodes because mark mark didn't want to uh, spoil the, the episodes for anybody who might want to go back and watch them because they you know they are good episodes and you don't want um, what makes them good is not knowing the entirety of the episode obviously. So um, but yeah, cheers can be found on Hulu uh, if you've been inspired to go uh, to go check that out. The betterlife.us/merch is where you can uh, cop some merchandise. Uh, the hot item right now is the Struggler's real, t-shirt and hoodie there's a hoodie option um black uh black shirt black hoodie uh with white prints showing four to the royal with a fifth card to make the straight but not the royal flush um we all uh we all i think can understand how frustrating that is so we celebrate it with a t-shirt thank you everybody who has ordered i still have a handful of do better masks uh that i'm just throwing into orders as they come you can't there's no you can't purchase it from the site put in an order for a shirt. I'll throw in a mask. As I mentioned on the, uh, in my discussion with Mark, uh, the host of risk of ruin is, uh, going to be joining me next week. Um, for anybody curious, the weekend of April 23, 24, 25 is currently circled on my calendar for Biloxi, Mississippi. Uh, no event, not a meetup, not a, no structure it's that's i'm gonna be there um if anybody is around um we can find a way to throw ice together um, or some other activity but if anybody's curious uh that's where that's my current plans and then of course vegas vacation uh in june um in later june i also intend on uh being there uh that's all I got. That's the that's uh updates from the Better Life. Um I got I'll have some more things to bring up next episode. Um Eric Rosenthal was nice enough to uh to to give me um uh, a handful of books from his gambling book library and he asked me to find some, you know, some fun and unique way to um to o- award those to the the audience. We'll find a way to do that. Um, and, uh, I got some good episodes kind of going to try to do a community live stream, uh, on Twitch again, uh, probably before the end of the month or probably, probably the first week of March actually is probably when I'm trying to do that. So, uh, all right. I hope everybody is well. I hope everybody's staying safe. I hope everybody, uh, is winning your bets on behalf of Mark Duvall. I am Timothy Lawson. Good night and good luck.